Hi everyone and welcome to our podcast series. My name is Jan Orford and I'll be your host today. Today's podcast is focusing on the topic of new insulin therapy and the lived experience. The learning objectives for the session are one, to use a person-centered approach when discussing the changing landscape of insulin therapy. Two, to listen to and learn from people living with diabetes about their experiences using these newer insulins. To relate to how our speakers' experience may translate in practice when working with people living with diabetes and their support networks. Our speaker today is Will Bonney. Will was diagnosed with type one at the age of 14 and has lived with the condition now for 38 years. In that time, he's seen many improvements in the tools and approaches to managing diabetes and is always open to new developments and regimen changes. Will is married with two children and has a career spanning corporate finance, medical research, including at JDRF, and now is a psychotherapist based in the Sydney CBD. Well, hello, Will, and welcome. I hope you're very well today. It's been a very long time since we talked to each other. Well, thank you, Jan. It's a pleasure to be here. And indeed, I think it was 15 years ago that I benefited from meeting you the first time when you taught me a, an abridged version of the Daphne process. So uh, it's, a, it's a joy to connect with you again. Thank you. I was wondering if you could, we could start and get you to give me and our listeners some background into your journey living with diabetes. Very happy to. So as you outlined at the beginning, uh, I was diagnosed at the age of 14, very typical sort of symptoms and presentations at that time and uh, a very swift diagnosis and a short period in hospital to get my head around uh, living with diabetes at the age of 14. So it's now been 38 years. In September, I celebrated my diversary and uh, uh, as you said, I've, I've really experienced a lot of benefits and changes in those years. Um, back in 1981, I was one of the first Australians who had uh, the uh, had access to home um, uh, home glucose monitoring um, with the old Stan Clark uh, glucometer, which came in a big black box. Um, I was on monotard insulin injecting twice a day using very big syringes. Um, they were single use by that time, uh, but still a single use big syringe. And uh, I, of course I was very restricted. I had to maintain a, a very similar diet, certainly the same amount of carbohydrate at the same time of day, uh, day in and day out. And I uh, had to have an exercise regime that was fairly consistent day in and day out. Any alterations to that regime, of course, caused either hypos or hypers, and so uh, at all costs that was to be avoided. So it was, it was a lot more strict in those days. Today, um, with the development of new insulins and uh, better uh, monitoring processes, but even the introduction of the HbA1c as a, a way of indicating uh, how well my engagement with my condition has been, have made enormous changes to um, the quality of life that I can have. Um, as well as, I suppose, along the way, a greater recognition that um, living with a chronic illness like type 1 has alongside it some psychological uh, issues as well, that, you know, it, it's not easy and there's greater acceptance today, a greater understanding that this isn't a simple formula of insulin in, carbohydrate in and everything will be fine. So um, these changes over, over the 38 years have, have really completely changed the landscape. And, uh, and increase my quality of life in living with it. 
Yes, I, you brought back some memories talking about the Stan Clark meter. Good heavens, that has been a long time. So, on and the, getting back to our, our, the topic for today, I was wondering who introduced you to Rizodeg and how long you've actually been using it. It was my endocrinologist who suggested Rizodeg, and uh, I've now been using it for four months. Prior to moving across to Rizodeg, I was using Humalog and Levomir. And um, uh, alongside that, for some years now, I've been taking uh, Forziga, which is uh, a medication that basically causes me to urinate out any excess glucose before it hits my bloodstream. Now, that has been incredibly helpful in uh, narrowing the range of my um, glucose levels. But as a side effect of it, um, I consistently lost weight. And um, initially, I was very pleased to be going through that process because I was carrying a bit too much weight. But once I hit my optimal weight, the weight continued falling off, even though I was trying to, to maintain a healthy weight level. Um, when my weight finally got to be less than it was when I got married now 22 years ago, I decided that uh, it, was, it was no longer healthy and um, was actually quite concerned. So I went to my GP originally and he had me undergo a whole raft of tests to check that I didn't have anything more sinister happening, such as cancer or any other condition that was causing this loss of weight. When we were able to eliminate um, that there was nothing else happening that was causing this, uh, I went back to the endocrinologist and um, discussed the role of Forziga. And so we, we recognized that the regime that I was using together with the Forziga was was basically causing a, you know, it was causing weight loss. And so uh, we discussed various options and uh, he suggested Rizodeg, uh, which would assist me to adopt a more uh, anabolic regime, if you like. So uh, uh, aimed at putting weight on. You know, it was, it was a respectful conversation. Um, he gave me this, uh, a, a number of options, and this one seemed to uh, be orientated towards satisfying the, the issue I had at the time. So, uh, so that was four months ago, and um, yeah, and and he handed me a, a sample pen on the day and a, and a script for more, and um, and so immediately I transitioned across and went through the process of uh, getting that sorted out. So, Will, I wonder how you felt about actually changing from an, another insulin that you presumably had been on for quite some time to a new one. And did you have any real reservations before changing over? Absolutely, I did, uh, because my HbA1c for some years now has been in the low to mid fives um, with uh, no significant hypoglycemic episodes. So obviously, you know, that's that's a range that we, you know, it's a fantasy almost to be able to be in that range. So there was, I had great reservation about um, changing the regime. Uh, however, the, the the weight issue had become so significant that I was willing to upset the status quo, um, to apply myself, make more effort to learn a new regime uh, in order to overcome the, the weight loss issue that I had. So that was really the motivator. It was, uh, it was if you like, for a period, being willing to compromise the consistent uh, glucose levels that I was having in order to satisfy another aspect of my health. Well, that's an A1C to be proud of after 38 years, and I'm, I can only imagine the amount of work that it's taken to achieve that. 
Just getting back to the Rizodig, I, I wonder what sort of education you received in terms of using the, this new insulin. And was it enough or was it too much? Or well, could you suggest any other improvements that could have done it better? Well, this is where my relationship with my endocrinologist works so beautifully for me. Um, we are truly in a co-management relationship and he greatly respects both my expertise, having lived with this condition for as long as I have, but also he knows that I am an engaged patient, um, that I do a lot of reading, that I inform myself. And so he gave me sufficient information uh, in the decision-making process to agree to to the change. And then once we had made that decision, he gave me what I needed as key information for the short term to manage the transition. He shared with me the profiling of both the long-acting and the short-acting mix within Forziga, uh, sorry, within um, uh, Um He uh, gave me an indication of how to make dosage adjustments. And what was key there was that because of the ultra long uh, basal part of uh, Rizodeg, um, that I could only adjust by two units every two or three days, not more rapidly than that. Now he transitioned me with the, the exact same amount of daily units of insulin split into two equal injections, one in the morning prior to breakfast and one at night prior to dinner. I uh, had enough information to be able to, to start using it, but of course my own tendency was to go off and read papers on its profiling, the, the research studies before it was accepted and approved, um, so that I had a better understanding of how it came about, what its um, uh, sort of diagnostic criteria was, like where it was being used in what sort of patients um, to better understand whether or not it was appropriate for me. But I had a huge amount of trust and respect for my endocrinologist suggesting this, and he similarly had a huge amount of respect and trust in my ability to better inform myself beyond the critical information I needed to immediately start on it. Thanks for that, Will. Um, I guess the other obvious question is um, about the injection device, and I wondered what you actually thought of that as, as a, um, a device. You've probably had a few in your time. Indeed, I have. I love pens per se. It's far better than, uh, than uh, syringes. Um, I've never been a fan of disposable pens. Um, I did use a disposable pen for a basal insulin I was on some years ago, and it was rather flimsy. Uh, it was quite brittle. It was plastic, and it just didn't feel, you know, like it had rigour. Um, so I've always avoided disposable pens. The Rizodeg pen is different. Uh, it is a disposable pen and it is plastic, but it is solid, uh, it is easy to hold. But what I like most about it is the very explicit um, functioning of the mechanism, uh, both dialing it up, you know, the clicks aren't feeble, they're very solid, and then the releasing of the insulin is a very solid release. And so it's, it's quite, um, What's the word? But it's solid, you know, and so uh, the device is great. Um, the other thing I like about it uh, now in middle age, my eyesight's not what it used to be, uh, and the, the numbers on the dial are quite um, well defined. They're large, 
so even in a, a relatively dark space, it's easy to read. So um, I have no complaints about uh, about the pen device itself um, and have been very impressed with it as a disposable pen um, uh, with, uh, with how solid it is. So tell me, what do you think of Rizodeg? Um, do you think your glucose levels vaulted in response to changing to the newer insulin? And finally, have you seen any benefits to your life or well-being associated with the change? Yeah, that's a great, great question because, you know, there was an objective behind my transitioning to this insulin and so uh, meeting those objectives was very important to me. In the initial transition, um, it became evident very quickly that the dosage that I had moved to was um, was too high, that um, I was having very regular uh, mild hypos, even though I was um, consuming a lot more food. So, uh, um, uh, so I started reducing the dosage uh, every two days by two units, but before breakfast and before dinner. And it took a couple of weeks to get back to a level where I was no longer having hypos on a regular basis. Um, but even during that time, because of the increase in intake in food, my weight started to build. Um, and so um, after the two weeks or so, once I got uh, to an optimal dosage um, and was comfortable with the increased uh, food intake, um, my weight continued to build at a gradual level, which was which was healthy. Um, around about probably about four weeks after starting on Rizodeg, um, my glucose levels started to increase. Uh, nothing else much was changing, uh, so uh, I contacted my endocrinologist just to via email to have a discussion with him around whether or not there was an element of um, a loss of sensitivity to Rizodeg as a new insulin. And he assured me that there was no evidence of that. He hadn't heard about that. And from what I read, there wasn't any indication of that. So I had to again increase by a couple of units to find the optimal level again. So here I am four months out um, on a consistent dosage now um, uh, and uh, quite comfortable with the need to eat more than I was four months ago and um, my weight is uh, kind of leveling out. Um, I've put on six kilos, which puts me back into an excellent BMI for, for my height. Um, and, and, you know, just the no longer losing weight has already put my mind at ease. So quality of life um, has been great. There are some downsides, which I'm happy to talk about, but um, the objective of stopping the weight loss, maintaining a healthy weight while maintaining optimal glucose levels has now been achieved. Well, that's good news, Will. And, and uh, you've sort of segued a little bit into my next question and you've touched on some already, but have there been any problems that you've encountered using Rizodeep in particular? Yeah, so the, the, the initial transition, obviously, um, finding the optimal dosage and the uh, increased incidence of um, mild hypoglycemic episodes was, was really quite concerning uh, early on, um, you know, constantly having to have something on hand. Um, and particularly during my work day, that, was, that became a, quite an issue. So, uh, you know, even sitting in session with clients, I would have a, a bowl of uh, snakes beside me that I could nibble on as I felt my, my blood sugars drop. Having got through the transition period, um, I'd say one of the downsides is that because it is a mixed insulin, uh, mixing both basal and, and uh, the short acting, um, I have a reduced amount of flexibility. 
So uh, I think one of the contributors to the fact that I was losing weight on my previous regime was that, that some days I would choose to forego breakfast and I can no longer do that. I now have to eat breakfast. Otherwise, I need to delay my, uh, my insulin injection till later in the day. And that just isn't something I'm willing to do. So there, there has been a loss of flexibility. Um, I make up for that at the other end of the extreme by uh, using Humalog uh, to adjust for glucose levels or to have more insulin if I'm eating a more carbohydrate-rich meal than I would normally eat. So um, so I suppose, you know, among those, the, the pros are the weight is much better. Um, I can have the flexibility of it having more carbohydrate by using Humalog uh, and adjusting. Um, the, I am having at least one, if not two less injections a day. So on a good day now, I'm only having three injections rather than five. Um, uh, so, you know, it, it's give and take. For me, psychologically, that loss of freedom was quite important because, you know, it kind of, um, it had a sense of it returning me back to the old Monetard days where everything had to be fixed day in and day out. And then we know that's just not the way to live a, a quality life. Um, but I think that the amount that I've had, the amount of flexibility I've had to sacrifice has been more than compensated for by the benefits, both health, you know, of physical health, but also psychologically from knowing that this is now working well for me and hopefully maintaining my HbA1c. Yes, that last point she makes quite an interesting one. I was thinking that as I was listening to you talk that um, it reminded me of the, the longer acting insulins were around when I first started in the business. So it's, it's uh, an interesting point, I think. So I guess what I'd like to, to try and summarise what we've talked about, and I guess if you had a list of key points that you'd like to share as take-home messages for our listeners today, what would they be? Uh, I suppose the first one would be not to be scared of disposable pens because <laughs> that was a real breakthrough for me. Um, I was very concerned about that up front. Um, it probably needs to be said that Rizodeg, um was prescribed for me to overcome my weight issues, but different dosages would have different impacts. And so uh, I, I don't think it's only for people who have a weight issue um, uh, of wanting to move to a more anabolic uh, regime. Um, I'm sure it's effective in, in people that, um, you know, don't have a weight issue at all. Um, the change, or I suppose psychologically, the change for me has been recognising that um, maybe some of the benefit in my HbA1c previously was because I was uh, eating very healthily. And by that, what I mean is uh, eating, you know, lean food, lots of vegetables and fruit um, and, and minimising my carb load. Um, and, and that's kind of been liberated now because I'm um, now actually required to increase my carb intake, which is what's contributing, I'm sure, to my being able to maintain a healthier weight level. So um, all up, uh, for me, it gets a, it gets a tick. Uh, I'm on this for good. It was a trial period and I'm very happy with the outcome. Um, I haven't had an HbA1c done since I started on it. That will be in early January. Um, that will be a determinant, um, but certainly I'd be looking to further make adjustments rather than dropping it completely if, if my HbA1c does increase. Um, and so, yeah, I, I would have to say quality of life and the objective I was trying to achieve um, has been achieved and, and improved by moving to Rizodec. 
Will, thank you once again for your time. And I'm sure that this podcast, and in particular the points you've raised in terms of both the challenges and the good aspects of this drug, have hopefully inspired our members to start thinking about expanding their skills in this area when they're treating or dealing with people who are going on to Rizodig. I would also like to thank you, the members, for taking the time to listen to this podcast. And you can upload any questions you may like a speaker to address at some point. And uh, good luck with that. But once again, Will, thank you so much. And I look forward to joining those of you out there listening uh, when next we uh, have a podcast on air. So thank you, Will. It's been my pleasure, Jan. Thanks for having me along.